Hello and welcome back to the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. However, this is not your ordinary episode. If you check your calendar, when this is released, it is probably maybe the day of Halloween or the day before. In any event, it is Halloween time. And so we are switching it up and have a special co-host, Abby Boosel. Say hello, Abby. Hello. This is the Boos. How's it going? Good. I think I'm just like co-opting that nickname as something I'm proud of. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, do, how do you feel? Because we're not going to talk. Spoilers. We're not talking about fantasy football. Not <laughs> Abby and I. We're talking about Halloween stuff. Mostly scary movies. Uh, so just as off the very front, just how do you feel about this season? If we were to talk about fantasy football, how's life? How's, um, how's I'm football? feeling good. Football good. Um, I was bummed that I didn't catch that my quarterback wasn't playing last week, but that didn't matter, it turns out. And then I'm really interested in the stats corner this year because it feels like everyone is having really high scoring games um, more than usual. But I don't know if that's just the impression that I have right now or if that's a real thing. Yeah, it seems like a more hot and cold season than usual. Yeah. There's really high scores, but then there's a lot that are in like the 70s and 80s also. Yeah, it's interesting. But it seems like it sort of feels like every time someone wins for the most part, with a few exceptions, it's like high hundreds or like significantly over 100, um, which it feels like there were some more like squeakers in seasons past. But that's why we have the stats corner. So It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. So we did this last year. And uh, I would like to do it again. We used to do this in person. We used to watch Halloween movies together. You and me and Jen and Gary without any kids watching scary movies. All in movies. the same suite. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so we wanted to keep that train rolling. And so now we're doing it virtually. Um, so we kind of assigned a slate to ourselves after some intense negotiations. Mm. And uh, we came down to a list of sp- spooky things to talk about uh so let's get into it shall we yes though i want to start by saying did jen watch any of these movies with you she the only one she watched was midsummer Mm. uh she did not watch anything else and she watched maybe five minutes of marianne and (laughs) peaced out uh that was definitely too much for her (laughs) i uh she was like trying to be a sport and so i gave her a code word like a safe word to uh, stop watching. And I think it was like guide dog or something. I forget. It was some goofy thing. And then she's like, I was like, she's like, I can, I can keep doing this. It's really fun. It's like, no, it's really fine. If you don't change, it's like, fine. Guide dog, guide dog, guide dog. <laughs> she just gave up. Uh, and yeah. it was funny, but uh, yeah. So just midsummer out of all of these. So behind the scenes, uh, it is already challenging to watch a bunch of extra stuff in a month. And then, uh when your partner will not watch them with you they're pretty much after bedtime is when you're starting all of this stuff and then also cat was teething and also lily and cat both have a cold so it was a rough month you're exhausted (laughs) yeah it didn't go well as far as availability or uh timeliness Uh, but i got it done the the current slate that we have uh, i i did manage to finish off just yesterday so everything worked out that's excellent that's excellent. Um, yeah, I did. I watched a couple during nap times to try to squeeze a few in. Um, and I had a partner for many of them, but Gary's threshold for scary is definitely lower than mine. And so a few, he just flat out refused to watch. So I, I did some alone watching in our basement, which is where our TV is. So sometimes I was a little spooked, 
but nice. we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first mm-hmm. one I want to talk about was the Netflix show Marianne. Uh, it's brand new. It's from France, and it's called Marianne. Quite French. And here's the the one liner from Netflix about the first episode, but is also sort of an introduction to the city to the whole series. Um, just as best selling author Emma Larsimon announces that she's done writing horror, an unnerving visit from an old friend draws her back to her hometown. But basically, for this one, an author finds out that the demon from the series of popular horror novels that she writes is in fact real. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you recommended this one and I was like, Oh, I want to find another spooky thing to watch on Netflix. Last year we watched uh, house on Haunted Hill. Yeah. And that was fun. Uh, and I was like, ah, the premise is like kind of uh, tried and true a little bit, uh, but I'll give it a shot. And I actually thought that they did a good job with it overall. Yeah, it was it it left that premise sort of quickly. I thought like I I don't know, I thought it would be a little more trite than as you say that the premise was sort of lame. Um but it really that was this was the scariest one for me of all the movies. I totally agree. Yeah. I mm-hmm. it was quite scary. It, was, it went really dark really fast. <sighs> um it yeah. was not just like, oh, funny like what a coincidence and oh, maybe it's real. Oh, it's actually real. Oh dang. And it was like Demons and witches and possession. Yeah, and, just right and pretty some, and some gross stuff too. I mean, it just like lots of sort of disturbing images for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Though I do think that the fact that it was in French and was reading subtitles like made it mildly less scary for me. And I don't know. I think maybe I felt at sort of a distance just because I had to read what they were saying in the middle of a scary scene sometimes. Yeah, um, which I, I appreciated. It protected me a little bit from yeah. some of the scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way. What do we want our policy to be on the spoilers here? Uh, I was thinking, my my personal thought was the old stuff that we're going to talk about, free range, because like most of it's like 30 years old. Totally. And a remake of a 30-year-old thing is also fair game, I think. But I think maybe the brand new stuff, we should not get into details of the plot. Yes, I agree with that. I okay, agree with that. so Marianne mm-hmm. is new, and I do not want to go into details. But overall... As I said, I liked it. I thought the characters were good. Um, I thought they were overall pretty likable. I liked the group of friends. I liked the inspector. I thought that the friends did a good job of breaking the tension every once in a while. Like it, they, they did a good job of comic relief, but in a not cheesy way. But then they totally just killed a lot of those likable characters as well. <laughs> they sure did. Um, yeah, I think agreed. Overall, I liked it. It definitely was the scariest and is um, I always have some image from some scary movie every season that like follows me throughout the year anytime that it's dark and so um last year with haunting of hill house it was um like the creepy tall guy who was like floating behind Uh um and for sure this one is the one in that first episode there's a scene where someone like goes to a bathroom in this big old house and like a door is rattling and that and so like anytime i'm going to the bathroom in the middle of the night now i'm pretty bummed out about it because i thought that was good and spooky um it got less scary to me as it went on and i think partially it was some of the tension being broken by the friends i also think that the last few episodes maybe weren't as well plotted as the first ones or they had a lot of pieces in the air and the way that they brought them all together um was not my favorite but i'm very particular about endings and i this one didn't totally deliver on the great sort of setup of the first three episodes i thought um and turned sort of quite french which i which is okay but it got very french at the end too yeah i uh 
it's always hard. I, I didn't seem so hard, especially when you oh, man. kind of yes. like build up the adversary higher and higher and higher, and they're more and more uh, insurmountable. Unstoppable. Yeah. So then how do you stop them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I thought that the main ending, so to speak, was fine. But then there was like a dumb little epilogue twist thing at the very, yes. very end. And that was actually dumb, I thought. That was one of my least favorite things. But I just kind of ignored that part. Yes, but it was is very creepy and dark and quite French. And I saw a lot of there are a lot of entertaining tweets of, about people watching this movie. Um, and I think really wanting the main character to be um, a queer character, and she is not seemingly. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun it's fun to go to Twitter after this one. I'll mm. say. I, I mm-hmm. haven't read much uh, Marianne mm. Twitter, but yes. mm. oh, and I have to say, <laughs> sidebar. While watching this, because we watched this over the course of a week, I was out one day and at the library and looking out the window, one of those like shredder trucks, like traveling shredder things that like comes to your office and will take all your documents and shred them was outside. And the guy got out of the truck and opened up the side panel and at the top of the big shredder machine, so like probably a couple stories up, it was a pretty big truck. There was just a deer hanging out of the machine. What? A full-size deer. And I've been trying to figure it out ever since I saw it. Like, did they? Did he go hunting that morning? And then he was just carrying this deer around. Was he trying to shred a deer? I was going to say, it was the implication they were shredding the deer. I mean, I only saw half the deer, and he was at the top of the shredding machine. The, so the business maybe, end? Yeah, it was at the business end of the shredding machine. That's so, not great. I have some questions. So I was feeling like a little unsettled about the world. And then I saw that and I was like, am I in Marianne right now? And Probably. maybe I am. Mm-hmm. You should read mm-hmm. the f- fake French horror novels and see if there's a scene about a deer. Yes, right. With deer getting shredded. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the other thing, last thing is uh, I watched like three minutes of it with English dubbing instead of subtitles. And that was a horrible mistake and definitely way better. I think with the original French, and English subtitles. It's my pro tip if you watch Marianne. Yeah, I can't I can't fathom that dubbing is ever the right choice. Yeah, really. It was bad. Yeah. That's Shall bad. we move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Next in the queue, I want to talk about Midsummer. Uh, which was last year or the year before? Last year? I think last year. Yeah, so twenty eighteen ish. Midsummer. Uh what did you think? Uh well the one liner for that for those listening at home, is um, an American couple, their relationship foundering, travel to a fabled Swedish midsummer festival where they become trapped in a sinister nightmare. Um, I liked it. It was weird. I liked it, though. It sort of felt like a Wes Anderson horror movie (laughs) to me in that, like, the staging was really important. Um, And it was really, especially after watching several of these other movies, were like literally dark and hard to see certain things and lots of sort of dark scares and midsummer is just like bathed in sunshine and flowers and just starts to go off the rails. Yeah. It it was very fun to watch. I thought. Yeah. I liked it as well. I agree. It is very bright and Mm -hmm. natural. Uh, They specifically talk about how the sun practically never sets and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The main, yes, I agree. It is, like, I, I don't know if I really liked the plot of the movie very much, but I liked its dedication to its setting and vibe and aesthetic. Uh, and so I just think that it, it did what it wanted to do, and it was really dedicated to it. And so I, I overall enjoyed it. Uh, but, but it like, I don't know. The plot was like, eh, 
Yeah, I think, um, and especially in terms of it being a horror movie too, which it is categorized as, um, and there's some comparisons to Wicker Man, which is the old original one is sort of trippy and strange too. Um, I'm not sure that I, yeah, I, it wasn't very scary. It sure was strange. Um, I think there are some plot holes in it, but yes, it was it was committed to what it was doing, and it I think it pulled off that part for sure. Um, I thought it maybe was a little bit long in terms of, you know, again, I feel like I always have my editor's hat on, but I here was sitting, it was sitting here thinking it was too long. And then I found out that the director's cut is like four hours long. <laughs> apparently That's unbelievable. he did not, he didn't want to cut a thing, yeah. not a thing. So just imagine the greatness that we missed out on I, by cutting it down to like two and a half hours yeah. or whatever it is. It was pretty long. There is slow in parts, but I, I, yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, other than the fact that it was impossible to watch any of these things. This was the one that Jen watched with me. So that yeah. one was actually the easiest one to watch possibly. And she also enjoyed the vibe a lot. Uh, the, uh, it, it is, it was, it was something. Uh, I and Jen thought that it was a lot like Wicker Man. Like I, yes. the only thing I knew going into it was that it was like, I, I deliberately avoided spoilers. And so I kind of like heard whispers of like, it's kind of like Wicker Man. And then I watched it. And I was like, man, that was a lot like Wicker Man. I mean, I feel like to me, whoever wrote it saw Wicker Man and was like, I could do that in Sweden. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a lot like Wicker Man too. Wicker Man is such a strange movie. It I is. like to make people watch it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, there were some hereditary vibes to me too, which, I, which is one we watched last year. And I know is one you really liked. So I was curious to hear your thoughts on this one. It's less, uh, Midsummer is less dark than Hereditary and Hereditary was definitely scarier to me, but I, I think maybe like the commitment to a vibe was what reminded me of that. Yeah, I definitely see that. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. I think they're both, yeah, very specific in their, in their intent and what they're doing. And I think they both similarly uh, achieved what they were going for, but yes, I, hereditary was much more horrific and dark and graphic and everything um not that if i i don't want to like mislead anyone midsummer certainly has no, some yeah, darkness and some graphic scenes uh so don't go in expecting it to be a walk in the park but uh yeah um certainly less scary but i i do understand the comparison for sure and they're both yeah. i don't know it's kind of like both were kind of hyped as kind of new standard bearers for horror of the past yeah few years. totally totally um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm always, I'm curious about what like true horror people think about Midsummer because I think it was scary and had some disturbing, I mean, it wasn't scary actually. It had some disturbing parts. It had some sort of like shocking moments, but it wasn't ever scary. And that's actually why I think I texted you and Jen to say like, oh, I think Jen could watch this one. Um, cause it's not going to scare her in the way that other things scare her. I think I also in this one and in Marianne, um, there are a couple dream sequences and I decided, well, I quite liked both of those shows and movies. Um, I, I just don't like dream sequences and things, especially when it's something like horror where you're trying to like figure out where you are in the world and where like in Marianne in particular, like weird things are happening in real life. And I think I just prefer, I don't know, that seems like a cop out to me. Yeah, um, it's very like easy. Have a way to, yeah, exactly. It's easy to be like, and here's this crazy thing, but I don't have to explain it anyway. Cause like, oh, it turns out it was just a dream. So I don't like that, especially towards the beginning of things. And I think Midsummer had a dream sequence towards the sort of start that I was like, okay, but I don't know. Like, I'm not enough in this world to understand 
that this was a dream or not. Yeah, I, I have I wasn't remembering that I had that thought, but since you bring it up, I I do recall that I had some kind of qualms with that similarly. And there and other movies we're going to talk about also, like especially with paranormal tangent yes. things, like uh, it is so it's kind of unfair to give you this crazy thing that might or might not be real, and then just play with it, play with it further. Yeah, it's just an easy trick to further uh disorient the audience and i agree it's kind of a little bit lame mm-hmm. yeah i think it's sort of lame um and it made me think too i liked the sopranos back in the day but there was like one episode that was just all a dream and i did not i don't care for it yeah no thank you feels like a waste of time um i have a just last take on dreams couple thoughts <laughs> mm-hmm. so obviously it was uh almost the point of the movie but man that boyfriend super sucked, huh? He was no worse. <laughs> super sucked. Uh, he super sucked. And, he, and they eventually made him super suck to everyone, not just his girlfriend. Uh, also, he looked exactly like uh, poor man's Chris Pratt, which was funny. Yes. Um, Such a poor man's Chris Pratt. Cheaty from the I liked, places in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. Loved um, seeing him. He, I liked him in that. He was very good. Um, and I quite liked the... Um, the female protagonist just wore a lot of really big pants the whole time. <laughs> I liked, I was into her pants. Yeah. I liked that she wasn't trying to look cute. There you go. She just wore those big comfy pants. Um, mm-hmm. So especially if you have seen The Wicker Man, I feel like this movie maybe deliberately or maybe not, did not have any surprises. Once once the ball got rolling, you kind of could see everything that was going to happen uh, several steps ahead. I don't think they tried to shock you or surprise you in any particular way. Um, and again, especially if you're expecting Wicker Man. And then the actual ending itself, which again, of course I won't spoil, but I actually kind of liked that they did. They met, left it kind of ambivalent as to how you're supposed to feel about the ultimate yes. conclusion. Yeah. Like it was kind of like catharsis, but also horror and regret mingled together. And like, are you supposed to be satisfied with this or horrified who knows right are we like like truly hooray come up and or not yeah Yeah. agreed well agreed yeah i liked it i yeah i i liked its vibe this was enjoyed watching it one of my favorites certainly Mm -hmm. yeah me too and i sort of i actually sort of suspected that going in actually i thought it maybe would be scarier um but i think i probably liked it better that it wasn't scary scary yeah for me i had i thought it could be kind of a wide range of how much i liked it because mm-hmm. i this is constantly my problem is i like horror but i like a small percentage of actual horror movies and so when there's yeah. one that's like really high praise and especially like more out there uh and artistic it could either be like really bad or really good i hated the witch so much and uh, i had such yeah. high hopes for that uh, uh that that example sticks out, but so this could either be the witch or it could be very good. I thought, and I thought it was pretty good. It's almost mm-hmm. very, I'd say very good. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pop seal of approval. Yeah. I like it. Um, are you going to see the, the director of the witch's new one in the lighthouse? lighthouse. I mm-hmm. don't, I need, I like, again, <laughs> I'm enticed by what I hear, but I was burned the first time by the witch. And yeah, I think me. it's, likely the same problem that is just going to be like <sighs> so i gave a bunch of bonus points to 
Midsummer for going for its thing and accomplishing it. The Witch also went for his thing and I guess accomplished it, but I didn't like his thing at all. Uh, the Witch, its gimmick, for anyone who doesn't know, is that it's very period accurate. Like, the set is period accurate. They make it with period accurate materials and period accurate building methods. And the dialogue was ripped straight out of ancient texts uh, with involving real you know, which, uh, trials. trials, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was like very accurate is its thing, but I just didn't like the movie at all. And so like, congratulations, you accomplished a difficult feat of being accurate and the way you, and I got no enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Didn't like any of it. So yeah, agreed. Uh, I fear the same problem with the lighthouse. The dialogue sounds distractingly weird. And I heard, uh, but when I first heard about it, which was kind of a long time ago, uh, that Willem Dafoe's character is noteworthily flatulent. Oh, good. And so that's, what a fun movie yeah. to watch. <laughs> so uh, I hope it's good, but I'm probably not going to watch it until I get like a strong recommendation or something. I don't know. I need I need something to remove a barrier for me to watch that. Yes, agreed. You've been burned. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it could be, yes, I think everything that I have seen about it, it will either be excellent or like actually the worst yes. and like the most boring thing of all time yep. or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of the witch, I also read some scary movies in October. I used to pre having a child um, read a bunch of scary, scary books. Excuse me. I read scary books. I used to um, read a bunch of scary books um, in October. And now this year I read three, which is better than, last year um but still feels sort of wimpy to me but one of them is called in the, uh, the house in the dark of the woods by laird hunt and it is what the witch sort of been um yeah. i think it was a very short little book um i sort of recommend it but it's exceptionally weird so i don't i'm not sure that i give a, a wholehearted recommendation of it um but basically a puritan woman goes into the woods to get some berries for jam and things go awry. Um, And it is so sort of short and strange that it was quite creepy to me, um, even though nothing scary really happens, but I just felt so unsettled the entire time. Um, And things get just like bad really fast that I enjoyed it as a scary book. And the whole time I was reading it, I was like, oh, the witch could have done like some of this and it would have been a better movie. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. That was one of my scary books I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, next of the viewed media, we have The Descent, which was your proposal as well. Yes, I did. Um, I had always heard from several people that this was the scariest movie that they had ever seen. Really? So, so scary. Yes, I'd heard so much that it was supposed to be so scary. And this is actually one that Gary refused to watch with me because he too had heard how scary it was. Um, I will read the one-liner of this one is a girl's trip to explore a labyrinth of North Carolina caves takes a terrifying turn in the spelunking scare fest. I did. So I thought it would be very scary and I'm also quite claustrophobic. So I also thought that that would be pretty scary to me. And my takeaway is that I don't know what anyone was talking about and it's not that scary. Yeah. I am very surprised to hear that it is (laughs) notoriously scary. Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, uh, it was a pretty standard modern scary movie. I don't know. I like the premise. Like, yeah, the claustrophobic caving uh, is is a good premise that has I have not seen a lot of. So that's, you know, 
good. Mm-hmm. But then don't you think that they didn't make enough use of it? Like there was a lot of anxiety ramping up of claustrophobic caving stuff. And then once the bad stuff was actually happening, they were just in big, like big open caverns and never like having to crawl through a yes. squeeze spot. I, I definitely yeah. agree. I, the, like the, the, before the supernatural-ish turn, uh, they did more stuff with just like, this cave is real scary. And that was really good intense, I thought. Yeah, um, I thought, yes. That was probably the scariest and best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I guess if I'm avoiding spoilers, this is another pretty new one. So I definitely feel we should not spoil it, even though it's not that new anymore. So I guess if I'm not spoiling it, there's very little I can talk about. Yes. It's kind of like half the movie is a spoiler. Right, is sort of the twist. I did, things I did like about it, um, I it reminded me in the tiniest bit of um, The Mist. Did you watch that movie? No, I have not. Anyway, The Mist is bad, and these people get trapped in a store altogether because of The Mist, and they, just like humans interacting with each other in a stressful situation is almost as dangerous as the stressful situation. Um, and I liked there was an element of that, and I think that's sort of fascinating about like you're with your like eight best girlfriends, but then what happens when shit starts to go down? Um, so I thought that was sort of cool. Mm-hmm. So, so this was one that was so dark that it was hard to see sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very dark. So that they was were sort of lame. Caving <laughs> a lot of and a lot of flares or glow sticks. So then everything is bathed in either red or green. Um, yes just to get yeah. some light in there. But yeah, it was definitely very dark and hard to see when you talk about mist. So I think Jen talked, told me about watching the mist with you guys in high school and she super hated it. Is that the right mm. movie? Maybe. So I don't think I, I didn't watch the mist in high school. Okay. I watched it a couple of years ago, but maybe it's possible that the high school group did do that. But the vibe that you describe sounds like famously the vibe from the thing. Uh, oh yeah. Getting trapped mm-hmm. With a mm-hmm. bunch of people you know very well, and who can you trust? And the real horror is man, that sort of thing. Yes, um, totally. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some of that here as well. Again, the main friend who was in charge of the expedition super sucked. These yes. movies frequently feature one person who sucks so bad, and there is one of those in this one. Yes, and I'm um, not a spoiler, but the other thing I had heard about this, besides it being very scary which it wasn't was that it's often like touted on lists of because it's an all-female cast more or less um and they're like strong and fighting something and um it's supposed to be like kick-ass women doing stuff which it sort of was but then towards the end there was just sort of this like almost cat fight (laughs) that two women have over a guy and so I was like you guys this shouldn't be on the list of like kick-ass feminist movies because it sort of boils down to not being mad at all. Yeah. So I was disappointed on many fronts with this movie based on what might be just like faulty information that I had beforehand. So I will say I watched this one relatively late in the viewing of stuff. And so I looked it up on IMDb and I saw that it won like a bunch of different like British like BAFTAs and other like genre horror things. This was award winning on a lot like a bunch of awards. Uh, And so I was like, a lot of these movies that I've watched have been pretty disappointing. And this one has won a lot of awards. Like maybe I should only watch horror movies that won a bunch of stuff. And like, I thought this was fine. I didn't dislike it at all. It was just, it just wasn't, my hopes had never been raised like yours were. So just, I think, so yes, I think I disliked it in light of my hopes 
being up, but I think as a movie, it's certainly, especially the cave setting and sort of some of the stuff that they did with that, I thought it was pretty, I mean, a pretty satisfying, scary movie watch in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I liked how contained it was too, and uh, figuratively <laughs> and literally, um, that just, I think like they were doing one thing, bad stuff happened. It was sort of set in the caves and that was it. And that was okay with me. Um, and I liked that part of it. The scope was small. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And it also made me think about, do you remember when Gary and I were getting married and Gary's brother did that brother scout thing and made him go caving? <laughs> I do remember the brother scout. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you the list of things he had him do, but I'm not surprised that caving was involved. Sure. He sure had to go caving. Yeah. Um, and he went through some really tight spots and that does like, I, I wouldn't mind going into a cave, I suppose, but some of them are like literally just a couple inches that you're crawling through and that I'm way too claustrophobic to do that. It would really scare me. Yeah. That... Let alone supernatural twist. Yeah. Down in the cave. Yeah. The parts where they were barely fitting through stuff was like, man, that would suck. Especially yes. if it turns out they don't know where they're going. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving right along. Uh, kind of switching up uh, what year things came out. I'm going to go with... The 1989 original Pet Cemetery, <laughs> Cemetery spelled S-E-M-A-T-A-R-Y. Yuck. Um, here's the one-liner for that, which I think is funny because it gives away some of the plot. So here we go. Based upon the horror novel by Stephen King, an ancient burial ground with the magical ability to bring back the dead may be the answer to one family's prayers when their son is killed. Wow. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah, it sure gave away some stuff. I notice uh, when we talk about the newer Pet Cemetery, which we also watched, the cover of the movie gives away a lot on that one as well. Really? I guess they don't really care about spoilers with Pet Cemetery. I don't what do you know what year the book came out? If the movie came out in 1989, I guess there's just a statute of limitations issue with plot spoilers for Pet Cemetery. Maybe that's the issue. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so uh 1983 so yeah it's been around it's a mm-hmm. that was the year i was born and i know i'm older than most of the people you're in the so league. old yes mm-hmm. uh so this one was uh 1989 as i said this is one of the ones where it was a little tough for me to go back as a new viewer of a cheesy 80s horror movie and i did not really get into it i had some problems so cheesy yeah fire away so cheesy oh my god it was so cheesy i just felt like like none of the acting was good (laughs) none of the effects were good which you know i try to give some credit to the time it was made in but oh boy were none of the effects good yeah um (laughs) i couldn't i didn't get the logic of any of it really it's hard to follow a lot of the logic there's like a friendly a friendly ghost and i think we were supposed to be like scared by the ghost but then realized slowly that he's friendly but he just like friendly ghosts everyone to their deaths like he's like (laughs) i'm helping and he makes the mom come back and die so that wasn't very helpful yeah like i agree the the logic was terrible so first thing besides overall very cheesy bad effects the fake main accents (laughs) holy cow (laughs) they were brutal uh yeah it actually kind of remi- i don't i don't know anyone from maine personally i don't spend time in maine i know that it is famously a weird accent but i couldn't really place it uh but the way they were talking obviously sounded fake to me and not like an actual authentic region and it kind of sounded like mid-atlantic fake sophisticated southern 
for some reason. And then it reminded me of Marianne Williamson. (laughs) Uh, So like everyone in the movie was like Marianne Williamson to me, especially the housekeeper or whoever the helper was. uh, Oh yeah. Guess what? We don't really know who she was because it doesn't, wasn't really ever told to us. She was very unimportant except for, uh, was not well. Yes. But then the main guy, the main family in this version was from Chicago and mm-hmm. the dad obviously they didn't try for chicago accents but the dad was like kind of weird like mumbling halfway the whole time he was so bad he was a really bad actor that fellow um the do- so there's a in both versions i guess there's a daughter who's older and a son who's younger and a husband and wife the husband is a doctor uh the daughter was kind of cute and kind of talkative and it kind of reminded me of lily i know and and the boy uh, reminded us of hen uh, over here that's what and i was so gonna say he was a cute little blonde boy us out yeah uh as the summary said things don't go well <laughs> for cute little blonde boy in the movie no no and so that that part it was a horribly cheesy movie i think in any other circumstance i would have been just like completely divorced from my emotions for this cheesy movie but that a kid who reminded me of hawthorne sure dies in this yeah. um and then comes back to kill everyone i'm i'm going for it there's no spoilers yeah, exactly. on this. i said the, I'm, the I'm old ones spoiling. yeah no I, I feel like this yeah. and poltergeist we can talk about the whole plot without any problem yeah um so yeah we, gary and i fully bummed out gary did watch this one with me and based on it refused to watch the next one sure um partially because it was so bad but also because he was like actually quite disturbed by the thought of like Hawthorne dying as am I um, and then like coming back to murder ourselves. So we not into it. Yeah. Not willing to suspend disbelief so, at all. So let's talk about the problems with the logic of things <laughs> while we're at it. <clears throat> so yes, overall it's just cheesy. Didn't like the plot. Effects were bad. Talking bad. These are many elements that are important to a movie. Yes. Um, so the boy, he was like three, maybe. Yeah. And, like, maybe just three. He like, was for a three-year-old i guess he was pretty talkative in life like he but not really he was he was like he was talking like a two-year-old maybe i don't know he's i love yeah, he was talking like, yeah uh, mm-hmm. he was drawing things uh you know and so he would say i love you he said a few sentences then he dies and because the dad makes a terrible decision he comes back to life and then he is not just uh hell spawn but he's like insanely smart (laughs) he's like a precociously talented psycho murderer who is like very good at figuring things out all of a sudden again it is just a problem with like a movie not showing its logic like there was no explanation for why he'd be not just evil because he was brought back through a means that no human should do but like he was just completely like a genius murderer and that was hilarious yes the logic, if there was any logic in this movie to begin with, which I'm not sure there was, it completely fell apart um, in the second half after the boy came back. He apparently also genius murderer who could control your mind in some ways, like and control what you were seeing and the impressions that you had. Um, that didn't make any sense and was never explained. Um, the other thing that was just sure shoehorned in there was the mom's sister yeah. who had some strange illness and was also haunting her perhaps. Um, yeah. The internet says that the illness the sister had is spinal meningitis, 
But that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the internet then also said that that if you get spinal meningitis, you die within like a matter of hours or something. Yeah. So I don't know. And that she, it, the sister has like this bent curved back and was clearly like wasting away. Yeah. Super deformed. Way. Like, yeah. Uh, and that was both in the old and the new. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is another time where uh, breaking from reality was not clearly delineated enough to know what was really happening in the movie. Uh, people would yeah. see haunting things that specifically applied to them. And you can't tell if it was a, it was like they were just freaking out because they're seeing scary stuff that's triggering them or if the supernatural things are supposed to actually have this effect on them. And so they really are experiencing that or perceiving that inaccurately. Um, it is very unclear. Yeah. Yes. Um, and to put my editor hat on for one more moment, this screenplay was written by Stephen King. And I think is a testament to an author not writing the screenplay for the movie version of their book. Because it sure felt like just a series of scenes that were meant to convey the important points to him of like the logic of his, of the soil and people coming back to life. And so it was just like, oh, I should have this random scene in the past about when the dog came back for this guy. And then let's cut to the sister who were like 45 minutes into the movie and didn't even know, like have had the wife has said like one line, but now she's going to go into the story about her sister. And like, it just was like a random collection of happenings with no very good through line and a lot of sort of plot holes and like these logic questions because they weren't ever explained to us in a cohesive way. Yep. So I felt that already. And then I was like, who wrote this? And I was like, oh yes, King did. Cause I think he had, the Pet Cemetery. the book is quite large, actually. And so I think he had trouble um, without all the filler of the extra pages and making it sort of a cohesive story without the groundwork that he did in the book. And so he was just like, I don't know. These are the important scenes. Let's make them into a movie. Yeah. And I thought it was very bad. <laughs> I think similarly, one of the consequences of that was that the uh, particularly the dad's decision making made absolutely no sense. Perhaps None. it might have if there was more development um kind of like people say game of thrones the last season was artificially shortened because they decided to only do a few episodes and so then things were rushed and so therefore people's uh you know motivation was unclear and things like that so maybe yes. if this were much longer um the decisions would have made sense but as it stands they made no sense whatsoever not a, any sense. A person he's operating on dies immediately, but then he sees that person come back to life and give an ominous, ominous warning. And then he just exactly goes against that ominous warning, sees the ghost again. The ghost still tells him not to do it. He keeps going anywhere for no real reason. That's when the first thing happens. They bring back the cat. Then <laughs> the cat comes back to life. He talks to his spooky old timey neighbor. Um, and... The first thing he says when he realizes his cat came back to life was, have you ever brought a person back? At this point, no one in that guy's family is dead. He just immediately right. goes to like accepting this. I am a medical doctor who just moved into this backwards main town. I found out that there is a burial ground that brings things back to life. I accept that without question, without any sign of you know fear or intimidation and i go straight to hey 
Have you personally ever brought a human back with this magical power? That is not the right reaction to finding out this news, especially when your cat no. came back as a terrible, aggressive monster. Really mean cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, mean only to you, though, sort of. But yeah. he's really, the, the cat really gets mad at the dad. Um, yeah. And also just bad decision making in terms of like, creepy old man lives across the street. Let's invite him to become part of our family and trust him in all things. Yeah. That was a bad choice, too, I think. Um, and the last thing, especially I'm sure, was tough for you because the kid looked like Ken a little bit. But the very yeah. end with the kid was pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, that was rough. Yeah. He, that, that kid had a rough role. He is a he, cute little kid, dies, comes back to life, is a terrible monster, and then he is killed by his dad. And he plays, he does like a little sad, like humanizing at the end. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. No, not a, it was just, it was unpleasant. It sure was unpleasant. Yes. After making his mom hang herself. So pretty cool. Cool beans. Cool all around. Excellent. Excellent work. So. Um, I've never read Pet Cemetery the book. Um, I've read some Stephen King, but not that. But people like that book. People like that book and think it's pretty scary. So my coworker, uh, mm -hmm. who is the librarian, I was going to say law librarian uh, for the RRB, and she likes Stephen King, and she said definitely the book is very good. And so she's sad that the movie is not that good. And she specifically said she's ranking them the book. And then the audiobook read by Dexter Morgan. Oh, mm -hmm. and then the old movie, and then the new movie is her ranking. And she hated the new movie, which we were about to talk about. Um, so she had very strong feelings about this ranking, and she is like strongly encouraging me. Sorry, sorry, I misspoke. the The audio version above the book. Sorry, she loved oh, Dexter's performance that much. Um, so it was audiobook, then book, then old movie, then new movie. So. Uh, she strongly encouraged me to look into the audiobook, and I might actually do it, even though it's like 13 hours or something. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty uh, hard. But I, I guarantee, well, I, I mean, I don't know for sure, I guess, but I feel fairly confident that you will like the book in a way that you did not like this movie. Yes, I think that is likely because the movie I did not like very much. <laughs> it's very bad. So that brings us, we are through four movies out of a plan six. Do you know what time it is? Do you hear that? Do you know what it is? All I know was that just made up. That's right. All I know was you just made up. It's All I know was we just podcast halftime. Hello, Nick. Welcome to podcast halftime. How does it feel? To guest uh, appearance on my own show. Do you feel good? Eh, it kind of feels dirty. You're, you're half, yeah. half. Long time, time listener, first time caller. There you go. So, uh, we are in the middle of a long Halloween episode, and we are interjecting with some halftime of football. It is the opposite of usual. So, let us quickly talk about week eight and the bet, and look ahead to week nine, shall we? Let's do it. So. I uh, will go bottom to top because, again, you know, some fun things happen at the top. At the bottom, I have what's that? It's Kyler over Peristaltic Chain Reaction, one ten to seventy three point six, raising Casey to five and three and dropping Alex to one and seven. Any thoughts? Yeah, kind of a beating. 
Uh, turns out that Aaron Jones is the better Aaron on the Packers. Ha, yes. He did very well. True. Uh, so still the only win on the season for Alex is against you. Thanks for pointing that out. No I problem. I, I, I appreciate that. You're such a good friend. I know, I try. And yeah. what did we bet for that matchup? We both both bet on Casey. Hey, we're good. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Next. Uh, if you have the last one as a beating, you can't beat the Mingo 122.7 to the Girly Men 50.8. Woof. That's not good. We pointed this one out. Uh, Adam Thielen in the starting lineup does not help. Justin Tucker in the starting lineup doesn't help, but that's a little bit less impactful. And maybe it's just good karma to have Justin Tucker in your lineup, even on a bye week. Kids, I've said this all the time. I keep trying to impress upon you. It's important to have full lineups. Gary doesn't care about full lineups. Yeah, well, when you put up 122, you can do it like you want. Yeah. You know who else scored 120 plus with an incomplete lineup? Vance down by the river. 120.3 to good enough and smart enough 102.7 102.7 totally respectable but not enough and the boost takes another win with a goose egg at quarterback uh matt ryan a midweek scratch uh and it did not matter she still scored a whopping 120 thanks to 23 points from christian mccaffrey who is very good and 31.8 from mike evans Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that she was just doing her research for this horror movie podcast and not that the league is uh, fading in enthusiasm as we get this far into the season. Perhaps, yes. Uh, I know that she was traveling for family reasons, so she's probably busy. Uh, I will forgive her for this misstep, and she obviously was not punished by the fan- fantasy football gods uh, for the incomplete lineup. And what did we bet on the last two? Sorry. Um, we both bet on Gary, we both bet on Abby. So, so far, we're both three for three. Three for three? We must be good at predicting fantasy football. Da, 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 da. What could possibly go wrong with the last two matches? Nothing. Uh, then we've got the Ignorant Sluts, 126.2 to what is now named Hope's Dead by Bad Owner. Aw, 82.8. Uh, that would be your team, formerly Sluts Dead by You Know, uh, and it did not end up with Sluts being dead. The Sluts prevailed. Uh, the Sluts did prevail, as Sluts are one to do. Uh, I was under the impression I had about 45% chance of winning this game based on my score of 82.8, uh, but it turns out that math is so much easier when you score 126. So, yep, didn't, didn't stand a chance. Yeah, she did very well, uh, and uh, you. she actually this week took the lead in points scored on the season over Meg Collins. Whoa. That's right. how good so, her week was. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, she is only one game behind Meg Collins now, uh, but, yeah, just, just barely more points. So who do we bet on Ignorant Sluts versus you? Well, you always bet on yourself, and mm-hmm. if there's a second rule to that, you always bet on your wife. Yes, that's true. So I took me, you took Jen. I win that one. You did win that one. I'm You're f- 4-0. 4-0 so far. Great. And one. That's so nice. And last but not least, what I called the match of the week, number one versus number two, Bill Swirsky's Superfans 102.6 versus Russell 
Russ Wilson's Football Planet 100.7. Close game with the superfans prevailing. I was happy with that win. I mean, it came down to a Monday nighter and some really bad defense. Yes, Juju Smith-Schuster needed to have his best game of the season, and he did it just in the nick of time. Because the Dolphins decided to rush eight on a third and 20 and just say, yeah, screw it. If you can get the ball off, it's a touchdown. And they did. So, I like Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been pretty bad all season, and uh, he came through clutch when I needed him. So what did we bet on that matchup? Well, if you will recall my previous answer, you always bet on yourself. And if you have to bet on someone else, you bet on your wife. So you bet on yourself, and I bet on Meg C., that puts you at a sterling 5-0 and for the week and me at a paltry 3-2. and Heyo! That is the third perfect week out of eight for me. Not shabby. And where are Not we overall? Uh, with this perfect week by you, you have moved into a nice little commanding lead of 27 total wins versus 13 total losses. So predictions right to wrong versus me when I have 25 to 15. So we're still a little tight, but you're pulling away. And you're also pulling away in the head-to-head because I have three wins compared to your four wins, and we have one tie. I would not say that is a commanding lead. I would say that is easy one week, as it was this week. Uh, still anybody's game, for sure. Insurmountable. <laughs> uh, in the overall standings, uh, things are largely the same, but the big difference is now I am tied with Meg Collins, but I am way behind in points scored. Uh, but as I just mentioned, Jen now takes the lead in total points scored. She has 913 points on the season. Meg Collins has 905 on the season. I'm, I'm way back at 839, so I'm not even close. Um, and actually, uh, Gary, who's in sixth place, has the third most points on the season. So you don't always win even if you score the most points. Sorry, Gary. Sometimes fancy football just isn't fair. Yes. Quickly... As we must do, let's take a look at the TD Ameritrade Final Standings Projection Draft Day versus Current Projections Fantasy Trends. Uh, Ignorant Sluts catapulted to number one. Bill Swirsky's Superfans, number two. Vance Down by the River, The Caboose, started the season at 10, currently at three. I don't get it. You can't beat the Mingo at four. What's that is Kyler at five. Russ Wilson still at six. You are still rock solid at seven. Uh, Girly Men. You can't get me off that seven spot. Yep. Uh, Girly Men at eight. Uh, Parasaltic Chain Reaction is now back at nine, so back where he started, and now Good Enough and Smart Enough is 10. So uh, now they like poor Meg Murphy's team even less than Alex's team. That's also rough. This, it's a good thing that these uh, standings and projections mean nothing because they make no sense. They super don't mean anything. How about we look at week nine, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Uh, man, some teams, this is recording on Tuesday. Sorry, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Tuesday. Um, some teams are ravaged by bye weeks and have not been corrected yet. Uh, let's start at the bottom of my screen, which would be you versus the girly men. Exhibit A of being ravaged uh current projection you with a complete team two questionables or three questionables but you're, you're fine 95.1 that's a respectable score the, perfectly happy with that the girly men four people to play out of nine that's not good 
34.6. She's got a quarterback on by. She's got a ru- running back one on by. She's got a wide receiver two on by. She's got a flex on by. She's got a kicker on by. And she's got two people on her bench on by. Uh, Nick, currently you are projected to win 82% of the time by ESPN. I'm going to go with Nick on this one. I don't know what Ooh. she can do to fill these holes. Yeah, uh, this one of those weeks, and I said this during the draft, like I've said it before, some theories say that you know, it doesn't matter what the bye weeks are. You can even stack your bye weeks up. So then you punt your one game, and you presumably have a much better team than the rest of it. I don't think that there's necessarily an attention here, but that's how it's working out. Yeah, I just don't think there's much you can do. I pick me. Yeah, she does have a quarterback. on her. She has uh, Dak Prescott on her bench, so she, she will fill that spot, but it's just too many holes. I, I think yeah. she's in trouble. Next, we've got Russ Wilson's Football Planet versus What's That? It's Kyler. This one also uh, not in its final situation because uh, Meg Collins has uh, two on by in her current starting lineup. Casey has a full team. So Casey is currently projected to win by 30 points, 94.7 to 64.6, and they give him a 65% chance of winning. Um, However, the people who are on by are... Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman, which are substantial but not irreplaceable in Devontae Freeman's uh, position uh, for Meg. I am going to go with Casey on this, and I know that's controversial. Uh, you know, if you look at Meg's lineup, she can plug in David Johnson and Mark Ingram, who have both been studs. So I think it's a probably dead even. And like I said, if you can't bet on yourself, you bet on your wife. Yeah, I... She's fine. I don't think she'll be in any trouble. But I think the, the bigger problem is the Julio Jones. I think that will be... Uh, he will be missed, probably. Fair. Next, you can't beat the Mingo versus good enough and smart enough. As mentioned, Gary, actually the third highest scoring team on the season versus Meg Murphy, currently the TD Ameritrade boosts. Uh, and I currently projection 95.6 to 92.6. And that is with Gary with an advantage, but having a tight end on by. So even if he doesn't have a tight end, ESPN thinks he's going to win. And I'm going to go with Gary on that one. Yeah. Not a whole lot that I think, uh, Megan can do, but I think her team is actually not bad. It really is projected to be pretty good, but I think Gary is just going to have a little bit too much. Yes, that is unfortunate. And now in what is my match of the week? Vance down by the river versus the ignorant sluts. The first and third highest scoring teams or first and fourth, first and fifth highest scoring teams. Uh, Abby's like one point behind me, uh, both five and three, both very good teams, very close projection. This is one of the ones that, uh, to watch for currently projected one Oh five point nine to one Oh four with Jen having the edge. And I will follow the Nick rule of fantasy football, Number two, and I'll bet on my wife. If there's a number three rule of betting on fantasy footballs, you don't bet on the boost, just out of spite. So I'm also taking Jen. All right. But yeah, this is going to be tight. So we agree on everything except for the one with your wife. Yes, correct. Let's see if we agree on my game. (laughs) It is me versus the current actual boost, Alex Um. He is missing two players currently, a defense, which you can pick up, Robert Woods, which, let's be honest, he's replaceable, 
Uh, so oh, that's some that's some Trojan Trojan crap. I know, but I feel a little bad. Uh, currently, I'm projected to win ninety-one point six with a full lineup to sixty-seven point four, missing two spots. Uh, I would say obviously he can close that gap significantly um, by filling his lineup with replace replacement level players, but I still hope to win and overcome peristaltic chain reactions. Uh, you know, I'm with you. I think if, if he fills out his lineup, he's not going to, its projections will still put him below that. I think your team's going to overperform compared to what their projections are. So I'm going with you. Why? So, thank you, sir. This is another week where we are only changing, uh, basically betting on one game. This is not, however, usually it is one of our own games, and uh, this time it was your wife's game that we disagree on. So there you yep. go. We're patting each other on the back so hard we're spraining ourselves like, oh, you're going to win. No, you're going to win. No, you're going to win. Uh, I think you have a super team. No, your team's so great. I'm so jealous of your team. No, you're the best, Nick. Thanks. Are you gonna change? I am. Are you gonna leave your team uh, hopes dead by bad owner, or are you gonna actually change it to something about the girly men? Uh, for right now, it's gonna be a stay at hope until maybe this weekend. Then I'll change it to something about uh, the girly men. There you go. So that was it's our. Our, it's my own self sacrifice. It's a flagellation, if you will. Yes, I understand. Poor, poor Nick. I'm sorry. I know you're disappointed in your team so far. I know that uh, three and five is not where you wanted to be after eight weeks. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, I'm going to be writing my entire – everyone on my team, they're getting a lot of angry tweets. That's that's what's important. I, I think that pro athletes love it when people who own them in fantasy football give them a hard time about not scoring enough points in fantasy football. I've never heard an athlete complain about that before, so I, I wonder how this is going to go. Yeah. It's totally fine. That was our very quick recap. How do you feel about it? I feel pretty good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, well, then. I think that is it. We're going to run back to our scary movie discussion with Abby. So I think that means that's the end of Podcast Halftime. Hey, Nick. Plus, the, plus the scary movies are coming. Have a good one, buddy. Hey, you as well. Bye. Later. All right. And that concludes Podcast Halftime. Thank you, Hello again. presumably, Nick. <laughs> we haven't recorded that yet, cool. so maybe maybe he really messed it up. I don't know. We had a good vibe going, Abby and I. Hopefully, Yeah, Nick we had a good thing, so I'm glad you didn't make me talk about football, really. So. All right, so where were we? We just spoke of 1989 Pet Cemetery. Let's turn right around and talk about 2019 Pet Cemetery. Which is really the reason that we watched Old Pet Cemetery to begin with, because we wanted to compare the new with the old. Right. What is, is there a different summary for 2019 Pet Cemetery? Yeah, there is. They tried to be a little more mysterious about it, which seems dumb because it seems like they could have given more away. Based on the terrifying novel by Stephen King, after the Creed family moves to rural Maine, they stumble upon an ancient burial ground with sinister powers. When tragedy strikes, a perilous chain of events unleashes an unfathomable evil. Sure. Yep. Um, so what did, what did you think of the relative strengths and weaknesses of 2019 versus 2089? I'm sorry. So 1989, it turned, 1989, <laughs> not 2089. 2089, the future pet cemetery, um, which guaranteed they'll make this movie again. Yeah. I'm sure. Cause that's just what we do now. Um, well, it turns out I just don't like the story of pet cemetery, but I did think this was a better movie. Um, probably some modern bias, but it just felt like, not written by the author of the book. It was 
the story was told in a better way. And things were just more believable from the the get-go, I think. So one of the main things in Pet Cemetery is that there's like a highway with really fast moving trucks. That's an important plot point. Um, and in the old movie, there literally was like a farmhouse, a highway, another farmhouse on the other side of the highway. And in this one, it was like, there's a house, but there's some trees and then there's a road. And like the neighbor man lives quite a distance away because it's rural Maine. It just felt a little bit more believable down to also, I mean, it couldn't get past some of the strange plot points, like a student dying instantly and then becoming an ominous ghost who's supposed to be friendly to your family. But like, I felt like the warnings that the ghost gave were more straightforward, still ignored, of course. But I felt like he was like, do not go over here and bury something there. Whereas the first ghost was like, don't cross the threshold or something. And your heart and then, is uh, iron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a lot of sort of nonsense that didn't make a lot of sense. So I thought, um, and one of my major things was like, what is up with the weird sister in the old one? Um, and I felt like they introduced the sister earlier and in sort of a more logical way. The wife has this role in the new one of being like, ever since we moved here, like things sort of like the whole like the soil of the whole land they were on didn't want them there as opposed to like there's a creepy burial ground over there so like as soon as they moved in there she started sort of being haunted by her sister i still have a lot of questions about that um like how her sister died in the past made more sense to me than in the previous one um yeah i just thought there were threads that were introduced earlier and sort of coalesced a little bit better in terms of the storytelling of it and then i was relatively entertained by, though I don't know if this makes it like a good standalone movie, but there are a few sort of shocking images from the book and from the first movie that this new movie plays with and sort of changes around a little bit, um, which I just as a viewer who had recently watched the old movie was, it was certainly like my expectations were subverted, which I appreciated. Yes, I agree. There was definitely one particular part that they Mm -hmm. uh, set you up for a certain bad thing to happen. And then it did not in the way you expected. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I I would overall agree with what you said. Um, I think obviously it was just way less cheesy, way higher budget, better production values, better effects, no cheesy accents. Though I well, I did look up the dad actor. I was like, he's not an American, and he he's Australian. He sure isn't an American. That came through a few times. I could see how if you like cheese and you have an affection and nostalgia for the original, how you might like this one less. As far as like it, it has less charm. It is it is not a good movie. Certainly, no. It no. is better done, just on a mechanical level. Um. And so if you like the cheese and find it charming, then this is merely a bad movie as opposed to a cheesy and bad movie. Right. And so I could see some people who would like this better, uh, like the old one better, but I I don't agree as well. Yeah. No, having no fondness for the old one. I think this one was a little bit better done as well. Um, Yes. A little easier to watch. And I, I wonder if your librarian friend this departs from the book a bit more. And I wonder if that's partially why she didn't like it. I was going to say there were pretty big plot differences and I didn't Mm -hmm. know which one was more accurate. Now that you say the the Stephen King one, the first one is by Stephen King. Probably that is more accurate, but yeah, they, they made some big changes on the victims who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And (laughs) I think that the choices they made made more sense in 2019, for instance. So I told you, the freaking cover 
of the movie itself, like the the Blu-ray title screen, has the daughter clearly undead looking menacing. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> that sure is. That's quite a giveaway yeah. of a big change that happens. Um, that's crazy. And, and like the summary you provided, like seemingly was trying to dodge what goes on like oh bad stuff and maybe part of the whole like subverting your expectations things the way they change it around but they totally don't pursue that at all if you look at a promotional photo for this movie um i won't say anything else that seems like a dumb choice yeah but uh yeah i, I just not good but better no, not good that, so i must i'm now i am curious what you think of the book um if you do listen to it because I think I I think my takeaway was just that I do not I do not like this story, but maybe a longer story makes more sense. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't like Annie it. Annie is my co-worker's name. She said like it's it's a shame because the story is like genuinely good. Like she feels strongly. Like she and I said like and like uh, I looked at our library and like what different audiobooks you can check out currently and like this one is available. obviously a lot of Stephen King is very popular around Halloween so there's yeah. a wait list and I was like ah oh, there's like a is it, it, predi- it predicts a six week wait list for Pet Cemetery. Wow. Uh, and I was like is there anything else that you'd recommend in the interim like a different starter Stephen King and she's like no like that start just do this, this is- so it's like very yeah. firm and specific Pet Cemetery, good story you should listen to it or read it so I thought that was interesting it is interesting um I Gary probably could have watched this one with me and not been as disturbed as he thought he was going to be. Yep. Except that I do think the ending I was still I was still relatively bummed out, but my poor two year old son upstairs. So Yeah, they yeah. made the then, like daughter older, I think, than the daughter in the mm-hmm. first one. And um similar still playing with a lot of the same stuff, but I, I it was like less of a gut punch, I feel like having yeah. young children victimized in the same way. But yeah, yeah. Not, still not great for anyone no. involved. Don't, not recommending <laughs> Pet Cemetery, friends. Uh, last but not least of the movies we agreed to watch and discuss is the original 1982 Poltergeist. The one-liner for that is Steve Freeling moves his family into a new house in the development and it looks like things are going well. But as his wife and his children begin to unpack, strange things start happening. That is an accurate description of what happens. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna say, I, I like begrudgingly kind of liked Poltergeist, and also off the bat, uh, off the bat, I wasn't sure if I'd seen this or not. This was kind of an, a maybe for me, and I for sure have seen like most of the middle of this movie before. Really, I think I saw it like maybe junior high like on encore or something like my parents never had good premium channels when i was growing up What's encore they had like the encore and channel. stars sometimes <laughs> and uh so i think i saw this like i caught it at some point and so i knew and obviously just this is a very popular touchstone in many ways and there's a lot of like lines that they people became a part of pop culture and so like i think a lot of people are generally familiar with the overall plot of this movie even if you haven't seen it and so i knew that i was very familiar with the plot but i wasn't sure and yeah i'd seen almost all of it but not actually the very beginning and the very end and um i it was obviously cheesy the the effects were very bad notably bad i thought um this came out in 1982. Ghostbusters came out in 1984. Oh yeah, this all was way worse than Ghostbusters. Ghosts and <laughs> paranormal stuff. And Empire Strikes Back by 
Industrial Light and Magic, same special effects company, came out in 1980, and this came out in 1982, and Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. So, like, I don't understand why a presumably at least middle-to-big-budget movie of 1982 would have this bad of effects, um, but it was quite bad. But I thought that... Um, to me, this is definitely of a different caliber than the original Pet Cemetery, and it was a surprise to me because, in my mind, essentially all of like the '70s and '80s horror movies are kind of flattened. The ones that I haven't seen, they're like equally well regarded and maybe yes. cheesy but pretty good. And then I saw Pet Cemetery, I was like, oh, that was actually very bad, and I didn't like it. And then I saw Poltergeist, I was like, that was cheesy. But I kind of enjoyed it. And so it was, it's helpful for me to be able to say, like, okay, there's actually a pretty big spread, potentially, in 80s horror that I missed the boat on. So I have no sense of nostalgia for, but sometimes can still watch years later. Yeah. You obviously disagree. Um, I did not. I Yeah, I didn't think this was a very good movie. Um. But it sure is better than the original Pet Cemetery. But I watched it before the original Pet Cemetery, so I think if I had watched it after, I might have given it more credit because um, it is better. It just felt sort of silly. Uh, sure. I think uh, so. I really didn't know very much about like I general plot, sure, and like the girl with the TV. And it turns out that a lot of the images I actually was familiar with because of the Simpsons Treehouse of yes. Horror. Um, did a take on this, but I didn't know it was a poltergeist take, yep, yep. but I, I sure have seen Trios of Horror. Um, I think it's the first one just a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I used to watch a lot of Simpsons. Um, so it was funny while I was watching this movie to be like, Oh, I'm very familiar with several of these things in here. And then I also, I think likely this movie established a lot of sort of, horror cliches or tropes and so it was hard for me to watch it and give it credit for establishing those and not just feel like it's not as good it was sort of like poorly delivering on what are just now sort of like tropes like you know a strange ghost hunter coming to help them do something Mm -hmm. and like go to the light and all of these things um which i think very conflicting advice on the light she yeah she was not (laughs) She wasn't great at her job, that ghost hunter, I don't think. She got the um, job kind of done. I mean, sort of mildly. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think, like, because I did I did know that it was because it was, like, buried on an ancient – or built on an ancient burial ground and some of the things that happened in it I already knew about and maybe took some of the – just made it feel cheesy to me, too, mm-hmm. in a different way than Pet Cemetery, But, yeah, it just felt sort of silly. Um, it was a wild commercial success and very well reviewed yeah. at its time, except for by Gene Siskel thought it was pretty horrible. So I support him. But yes, I, I did. I was like, this is like a touchstone horror movie and I didn't like it very much. And so I went back to sort of see how much of it was my modern lens, perhaps. And I think a lot of it was my modern lens because boy, did people like it at the time. Yeah, I see why. I again. If if it weren't if it weren't perceived as cheesy and rote because of current effects being way better and things ripping this off in the intervening years, um, I could see why it would be a big deal at the time. And then so when I was watching it, opening credits, I was reminded, written and produced by Steven Spielberg. 
Yes, but not directed. Not directed. Because he was directing E.T. at the same time and contractually could not. And I was like, man, this is like E.T. If E.T. was like not even that much scarier because E.T., when you rewatch it, is actually kind of scary. Uh, If E.T. was like 25% more of a horror movie, it would be a lot like Poltergeist, I think. Um, It it had a lot of the touches uh, of like the family dynamics, the dog being cute and funny. Uh, a lot of the stuff at the beginning of the movie when they're just kind of settling in what were very like Spielbergian and like um, yes. Americana slice of life, but funny. And I, I liked those touches that obviously in my mind added compared to, for instance, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it was crazy successful. Apparently I can't believe a, they made it a trilogy after this. Yeah, I know. That seems neither, wacky. But- that seems way wacky. Yeah. Um, I think the family dynamic, I, it was, a, it certainly is more cohesive and held together better from beginning to end than Pet Cemetery did. And it just was, it was more enjoyable to watch. Um, and it was a better written story. But I think some of those cheesy Spielberg things made me like it less actually. Cause I think I would prefer, I think when I'm watching a, quote unquote scary movie, which by the way, this was not scary at all. I think watching except for that one creepy clown doll. I didn't like him. I wanted him to go. And the away. tree. Sim- um, I feel like the clown doll and the tree very similarly monstrous. Yeah, yeah. But the tree was so obvious I don't know. I think I think it was sort of like you looked out your window and there was a really creepy looking tree. And so like, well that tree's probably not gonna be great and then the kid almost got eaten by the tree and then none of the neighbors noticed like the tornado that went through their house and no one else i don't know i didn't i I just wasn't you did not swept away so you see the creepy tree and you think this is going to be bad later but you see the very creepy clown doll and you do not think i did i thought that too yes i thought too i guess you're right fair point i thought it i just yeah and then also i was there were some funny moments and one of the funny moments to me was the mom finding out that her house was haunted and like setting up an obstacle course to to be like, look, if you stand here, like our small child get gets pushed across the room by an unseen force. Isn't this funny? Ha ha. Yes. And then she deserves what she gets, I think, by not respecting the power of the ghosts that are in her house. Yeah, it was that was another like surprising reaction to the circumstances they i guess they tried to set that up by the parents smoking pot and like they're like a little yeah. goofy and freewheeling so like maybe uh you know they're they're open to new experiences and so the mom just thinks this is kind of crazy and she kind of likes it they notably did not try to set up a tragic backstory uh like well this is just this is only disturbing to one character because that character yes. had a person die tragically in their childhood they didn't have to do that they're just like Oh no, this is obviously uh you know, very freaky and one person happens to think it's fun and everyone else is freaked out. I thought uh, you know, like another touch that was funny was the uh when the paranormal investigators come and they do the thing like I saw this video I made this video, it was amazing. This thing slid six feet over the course of six hours. Obviously you couldn't see it in the naked eye, but it was amazing. And then Craig T. Nelson Nelson opens the door and there's like stuff flying around the room. Yeah, yeah that was that was, that was excellent. I did think that was funny. Um so yeah, I was so I thought it was cheesy but fun, and it kind of reminded me that they'd never really make movies like this anymore of, like, I feel like a lot of 80s, like, fun 
paranormal things. Like this reminds me of like Flight of the Navigator or Never Ending Story or Short Circuit. Like just like cheesy, fun, inexplicable circumstances. That was like all the 80s. And they just don't every I mean, obviously the reason is because everything is superhero movies now. But like there's like nothing like this anymore. That's just kind of like fun goofball paranormal stuff. Yeah, and I think actually that's if perhaps if I watched it with that framework, I was watching I was watching these to have some scary movies, and this one was so not, and then seemed sort of cheesily eighties, mm. like family dynamics and charming and like just having fun with it. And I think maybe if I watched it with that attitude, because thinking about um, if you ever read ghost stories or something like Poltergeist, are actually one of like the worst ghosts to have in your house if you were actually thinking ghosts were real and that you had a poltergeist because like they just there's like no logic to them and they just like really sort of like fuck shit up and so um i think this movie made today or like a version of a poltergeist story would be it could be like quite scary like conjuring level yeah that's what they make if they do it now they go straight horror right exactly so i think i think you have a very like fair point that like for sure this kind of movie that has like a little bit of everything with like a few there's like a couple of jump scares and there are some like you know attempts at like dramatic special effects and like a lot of things but there's also this like family story and like the love between a husband and wife and the love between a mother and child and things like that there's a there and some humor for sure so there is just a lot going on in this that would not be in a different in something made today for sure which is perhaps a shame though i just thought it was sort of cheesy yeah but oh boy, did I know the images from this better than I thought. Yeah, and, and I was like, how how so? Yeah. That like the whole house blinking into like a little cube <laughs> of light. Yep. Um I was like, oh that's the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons. Um uh-huh. movies that kind of have a vibe like this, like that are new. Super eight was deliberately trying to evoke mm-hmm. Spielberg. Um obviously uh Stranger Things is kind of like this, yeah. but obviously not a movie. But again, like obviously directly cribbing off of Spielberg. What's that? Uh, the South African District Nine, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, District, District Nine, kind of similar, mm-hmm. but yeah, just not a lot, and certainly not big. Budget um, Attack the Block, maybe a little bit too. Did I you did see not that see one. That. Mm, you might like it. You know who I love is uh, all of the Shaun of the Dead. Uh, you know, th- that's a kind of yeah. a same vein, but they're they're just straight comedy as opposed to kind of a light romp. Um, but yeah, the straight yes. comedy thing. So maybe it's just a, a soft spot for me in general. Um, but yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anytime, every time around the season, as I'm watching scary things, I'm like, you know what I should watch is hot fuzz, which isn't scary, but it's like, it has a dark oh, yeah, vibe to it. Horrific um, in parts. But like, I need, I need no excuse to watch hot yeah. fuzz. It turns out. I just really like that movie. So much. Um, last thing I want to point out, uh, also courtesy of my coworker, Annie, she said, are you going to talk about the poltergeist curse? Oh, no. what is it? Um, both of the daughters in this movie died tragically kind of soon after this movie or all of the movies were made the older daughter was murdered by her ex-boyfriend no yeah and the younger daughter died at age 12 due to complications from an acute bowel obstruction no some people say there's a curse well i did wonder when it starts anytime you see kids in scary movies um and Lori's sort of like, how was that experience for them? And like, how did they mentally process what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like those were, that was just sort of a curse of bad luck. But I did have that thought watching that like toe headed child 
acting in a tiny movie and then Pet Cemetery 2 has kids in it having to do like relatively scary things. Yeah. Like what do you think it's like on set for them? Probably pretty scary. Know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably depending on how the effects are done, it could be maybe less scary than we think. Yeah. Like there could be mm-hmm. not actually much in front of them at the time. I wanted to mention two other related things um just because I was watching them around Halloween. These were not things we agreed to watch, and you did not watch either one. Uh, one of them is It Chapter 2. I really liked the new It Chapter 1 that came out a couple years ago. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really well done. It was scary, but the kids were really fun and funny, and overall I loved it. It Chapter 2, I despised. I thought it was no. terrible. I cannot believe how bad it was compared to the first one um it was so it was one of those scenarios where the second one was so bad that it made me question how much i liked the first one <gasps> do you think you'll rewatch the first one i i might uh and i looked back on metacritic and it, and it 2017 had a 69 on metacritic which is probably a little lower than i would have expected i would guess like a mid 70s for that uh but mm-hmm. it chapter two was 58 so definitely lower but I would say it was it one was too low and it two was too high, uh, really bad. Um, just everything about it, the plot, the dialogue, the cliched scares, the monsters, the CG, romance, everything was terrible. So disappointing. I know, and it has so many good people. It has Bill Hader. I know that's what I I quite like Bill Hader. Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy. I still like him. I can't believe it was so bad. And why would it be so bad when it has source material? Like, if you're going to make a cash-in sequel to something and you have to make a plot out of nothing, and that makes sense why a sequel would be so bad. But this had source material from the start. Why would this be terrible when the first one was so good and it's a lot of the same people making it and it's based on the same source material and then it just completely sucked? Did you watch the original It ever? I... Don't I remember a, a, some of it, but not. I don't remember almost anything from when the kids were adults in the yeah. original It. So I don't know if I saw the whole miniseries or not. Um, yeah, yeah. I was curious about if just um, if the second half is weaker in general, but that doesn't account for how much of a quality difference you detected. Mm-hmm. But I was curious about that. I don't know. I've never seen either. I've seen parts of the original It, I guess, but never. You didn't see the twenty seventeen It. Not, oh it's so fun it's good it's uh very okay. there's it's pretty graphic in parts it is scarier than a lot of the stuff we've discussed today but yeah i think good. it would definitely scare me probably but okay good the last thing that is horror adjacent uh that i saw was amazing and it is parasite the korean movie by bong joon ho the director of the host and mother and snowpiercer and okja it, i have seen snowpiercer well same guy <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and this is super good. I have not seen Mother, but I have seen The Host and Snowpiercer and Okja. Okja is on Netflix. Um, Megan and Jen were very mad at me for having them watch Okja. <laughs> uh, it involves like, it is a little bit scary, but all, like, it's like... Don't eat pigs. Right? Yes, like super pigs or whatever. And so it's like just really cruel to animals in a lot of places. And so that's the main reason that they're mad at me, I think. Um, but this was super good. I saw I I heard about it a long time ago and it I heard that it was kind of like horror comedy 
and that obviously, as we've discussed, is kind of my sweet spot in a lot of ways. Yeah. I want it to either be straight horror or good horror comedy, I think. Um, and I saw it, and I was very good. I deliberately knew nothing going into it, and I won't spoil it. It is obviously super new. And possibly buzz that it'll be nominated for Best Picture, and then everyone will be watching it in February. Um, that would be very strange and amazing if there was sort of a horror one nominated for Best like Picture. Like It Out was? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I will not spoil any plots, but I will say it was less horror than I expected. Um, okay. It was, so when you, when people are, when, when Get Out was coming out, it was hyped as social horror and, you know, it was all about kind of racism and society and its ills and et cetera, et cetera. And when I saw it, I was like, this was a good horror movie that had themes of racism and obviously addressed that head on in some ways, but it was not like mostly about society. It was mostly right. a good horror movie, I thought. And maybe mm-hmm. I just am too ignorant to appreciate how, much it really tackled the themes that it did but parasite is kind of like the flip side of the same coin in my mind it was like very much about society's ills and kind of a normal movie about society's ills and had window dressing of some horror um and so i feel like it has a i i think it could get nominated because get out got nominated and they are kind of like mirror images of each other in a way and both very good i think interesting Oh, I'm glad it was good. Did you see, um, what's it called? Us? I did. Is that the next? Yeah. I saw that uh, in theaters. So it, that is a this year movie. Me too. So it's mm-hmm. certainly, mm-hmm. I would say, eligible for our discussion. I saw it a long time ago and it was yeah, dissected to death. Uh, so yeah. I feel like I could not add to the discourse on that very much. Not that I've added to the discourse on Poltergeist, for instance. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> Tremendous additions to the discourse. Pat. But uh, I really liked uh, the us and i thought that a lot of people apparently i think perceived it to be a drop off from get out to to a certain extent like both a lot of people most people liked both but it seems like the consensus is that get out is better i feel like in my opinion they're very equal footing and i liked them both a lot i think i did like get out a little bit better but it's possible um that i understood get out a little bit more but i did quite like us too excellent and i thought i thought there were great people in it it was just it that was enjoyable to watch, even as it was like creepy and scary. Well, that was our 2019 scary movie discussion. I hope it continues to be an annual tradition, and hopefully, we can again someday watch them together instead of yes. watching them apart. I know it's more fun to watch it with like a pile of leftover Halloween candy, which is what we used to do. Absolutely. Um, but we did have, uh, we are not sure how many trick or treaters we're going to get in our new house and neighborhood. Um, the neighborhood has gone nuts with Halloween decorations. So it feels like it could be just a tremendous amount of trick or treaters. And so I went to Costco and got a pile of candy that is also being stored in our basement, which again is where our TV is. So we've made a slight dent in the Halloween candy, but I think we will have enough. Excellent. For people. I'm hoping. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Happy cute kids and costumes times. I hope we share many cute pictures of our children on the fancy whatsapp chain yes i've we've already sent out because we we've gone out a little bit in ours we went to the boo at the zoo uh so very cute yeah we had a a gaggle of pikachu and i was ash ketchum that's good times yeah and you're currently dressed as ash ketchum i am ash ketchum the name i learned i Mm -hmm. have to catch them all Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Well, thanks, Pat. Thank you. It has been lovely, and uh, we should we should chat again. We should maybe we, yeah. we don't have to. It doesn't have to be just you know Oscars and Halloween movies. Let's let's chat again and record. I've got it. things I can talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, sure. Happy Halloween, friends. Bye, everybody.